the keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Time to talk about the 49ers linebacker position. And even though this is a position of great strength, there's also a bunch of question marks surrounding how the depth chart is going to play out, how it starts going into training camp, and how it plays out during training camp in the preseason. Could be two entirely different things, and I think they will be. Of course, we're going to be going through the depth chart as how it looks right now, how Coach Hollins would have these guys ranked as we enter training camp. As they exit training camp, we'll get a better idea of exactly how these guys are going to be positioned. And then throughout preseason, we'll really get a good idea of who's going to make this roster. And then ultimately, when it gets to the final cutdowns to 53, the 49ers will have to make a decision. Will they keep five linebackers or will they keep six? It's going to be one of the hardest decisions on this 49ers roster because their linebacker group is stacked with talent. There are so many good players from top to bottom. We're talking about a potential bottom eight guy, the number eight guy on the depth chart, being someone that made the 49ers 53-man roster in 2023. It is absolutely ridiculous what they've done building this roster through a variety of different ways, but mainly through draft and development and signing undrafted free agents and bringing them in. Of course, they have signed a guy like Oren Burks in free agency and brought him in, but that's not the way the Niners always roll. We've seen them do that occasionally, and it's had a mixed bag of results from Quan Alexander, who played well minus injury, uh, to others that just didn't work out. But the 49ers have found that this draft and development process has worked out really well, and even some of these undrafted free agents like Aziz Alshire, who just went and got a new contract. Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, an undrafted free agent that they've developed. A new undrafted free agent that's been moving up the boards a little bit has been Marcelino McCurry Ball. So this is going to be a fun conversation. We're going to lay out how the players look going into training camp. And I'll give reasons why. And they kind of just go over what I expect from them and how they can move up the depth chart and whether I believe some of them will. Because just because you come in in a certain position on the depth chart early doesn't mean you'll finish late. A lot of times, guys like veterans and players that have been on the team will be slotted a little bit higher than some of the younger players because they already understand the defense and what's expected. As these young bucks learn the defense and see what their veteran counterparts do in front of them, they will slowly move ahead, get more reps. So coming into training camp is one thing. Exiting training camp in the preseason is something else. So let's start out at number one with the very best linebacker in all of the NFL and Fred Warner. We know what Fred can do. He's absolutely spectacular in all facets of the game, whether that's stopping the run, being able to cover out in zone, or if that is blitzing and chasing down quarterbacks, Fred just does it at the highest level. You throw in the fact that Fred is one of the best at play recognition when reading offenses and knowing what they're supposed to do are supposed to be doing and getting your defense in the right uh, scheme and right play to be able to counter that. Fred Warner's one of the best at it. He doesn't get fooled very often. If it happens, savor the flavor. 
because it sure as heck ain't happening again. So I'm a big fan of Fred Warner and what he provides this 49ers defense with flexibility. Whenever you go to sub packages on some teams, you might see them pull their Mike linebacker off. Their Mike just can't cover. He's not able to do the things that Fred can do. But with Fred's tremendous uh, coverage skills, he's always on the field, which means you always have your general out there. You never have to pull him off. You never have to worry about somebody else, you know, engaging and running the troops. He's going to be giving everyone direction and that should give everyone a really good feeling because Fred does it better than anyone else in the league. There really isn't a weakness in Fred Warner's game. He can handle every situation. And so far, he has handled this 49ers defense in a very good way. And he has definitely helped elevate guys behind him. Number two is Dre Greenlaw. And boy, did Greenlaw come onto the scene. Had thought that Greenlaw's big Pro Bowl caliber season was going to come in 2021. Unfortunately, injuries, injuries hindered that. We saw the ascension of Aziz Alshire instead. But what we could have gotten out of Drake Greenlaw was a Pro Bowl then and probably an All-Pro in 2022. If he'd had back-to-back seasons like he's capable of, he would have gotten that. Did it benefit the 49ers in the long run? Yes, contractually it did. Because Drake Greenlaw would have been getting a huge amount of money in free agency and been able to command that from the 49ers. They got him on a very good uh, team-friendly deal that keeps him in San Francisco for a little while. So Dre Greenlaw's abilities are easy to spot on film. Number one, he brings physicality. He brings energy. He's electric. He's a really good tackler, one of the best tacklers in the NFL, let alone position, but maybe the best linebacker at tackling in the entire NFL. He can also cover. That's why he plays the Will linebacker spot and has improved on coverage since entering the league in 2019. Dre Greenlaw is getting to the point where he's like Fred, where there's really not very many weaknesses in his game. Where Fred has none, Dre's are very limited at this point. He is definitely evolving into one of the better linebackers in the league. PFF has him ranked in the top 10, and I think that is the case as well. I would put Dre Greenlaw in the top five linebackers in the entire NFL, meaning just those two guys alone in sub-packages If you want to go and put the 49ers into a nickel, you're going to be facing off against two of the best linebackers in the entire league. And those two work in tandem. The strengths that Fred has in coverage will kind of help Dre Greenlaw be able to be in the strengths that he has as far as stopping the run. So those guys' skill sets coincide with each other. And where one guy's strength um, can mask the other guy's weakness, those two guys work in tandem at a very tremendous level. So Dre Greenlaw, spectacular. Some of the plays he's made in coverage by tackling tight ends, knocking the ball away, being able to stop uh, tight ends at the goal line against Seattle in 2019. Those things are absolutely huge. He comes up with big plays. He is a ball magnet. Spectacular. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, the top two linebackers in the entire NFL as a tandem. And they're the top two for the San Francisco 49ers heading into training camp. I'm sure it was no surprise to anyone that's watching. Number three could be a surprise to some. If you've been on the channel, it's not a surprise because I believe this next guy is going to start at Sam linebacker, which is the strong side linebacker for the 49ers. He'll be out there 25 to 30 snap or percent of the snaps per game. And I think it's going to be Orrin Burks. 49ers picked him up at free agency last year from Green Bay. All the growth when he was out there, 
uh, playing in place of Aziz Alshire or when Drake Greenlaw had gotten hurt, he would slide into the Will Backer spot. 49er, I'm sorry, the Sam Backer spot. The 49ers had fooled around a little bit with Demetrius Flanagan fouls, but Oren Burks was proving to get better and better and better. And as we got into OTAs and minicamp, it was Oren Burks that was taking the first team reps with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Uh, Burks size 6'3", over 240 pounds. He's a big linebacker, but also tracks well in coverage, has a good feel for zone. Uh, he's He's a good tackler. He always puts up stats when he's in there. And I think as long as he can produce as far as blitzing, he's going to fit in nice with what Steve Wilkes wants at the linebacker position. That gives you three big, fast linebackers who are pretty good against the run and all can cover in the passing game. Oren Burks is not going to be asked to cover very often because when they put you in sub packages, he comes off the field and on comes Isaiah Oliver. So he's mainly picking up running backs out of the flat. He's sitting into a hook-to-curl zone, or he's covering a tight end. There's not going to be very many one-on-one situations for Oren Burks within this 49ers defense, minus the 49ers going in on a blitz and him having to pick someone up. But in that case, he's a tremendous athlete, and he can run with some of the better athletes on offense around the league. Don't match him up with a wide receiver, uh, but if he gets matched up on a tight end, a fullback, or some running backs, he'll be able to handle himself especially since the time and the clock should be sped up for the quarterback in blitz situations, especially with who the 49ers got on the defensive line and how creative Coach Steve Wilkes is with his blitzes out of the nickel and dime. Uh, Sub packages, of course, when Oren's out there, they're going to be in the base 4-3, so it'll be interesting to see who comes. It could be Ufonga, could be another linebacker, but I think Oren Burke's potential is there. I want to see how he operates in the base 4-3, as far as run fits, if he's consistent with his footwork, his reading is there. He's getting in the hole and filling and being able to shed the 49ers offensive line blocks during training camp. And then uh, preseason games, he's doing the same sort of thing. I think he'll settle in nice as the 49ers third linebacker. The fourth one, this one could get a lot of people's attention. And I think this one will change as we go through training camp and preseason but I think this is how we enter camp, and that's going to be Demetrius Flanagan fouls. And I think the reason that Demetrius Flanagan fouls is there is the versatility for him to play all three linebacker spots. He plays Mike linebacker, and that means he's going to get some reps in place of Fred Warner at times during camp. I don't think he's going to hold on to this position as the fourth linebacker. I just believe that's where he's slotted right now heading into training camp. Because he's a veteran, he understands what people want. He's comfortable in coverage. He's pretty good at filling it out and finding places to stop the run. And boy, has he improved over the last year and a half as far as being a run-stopping linebacker. It went from over on Patreon, me breaking down some film against him against Chicago in 2021 and absolutely losing my mind to him doing a pretty good job even a few weeks later. And we've seen a steady improvement. But the reason I think he's going to get passed by at some point is even though I like his skill set, I think the guys behind him are more athletic, are more talented. And with the 49ers not being willing to re-sign Demetrius Flanagan Fowles to a restricted contract because he was a restricted free agent and giving him any sort of an offer, they renegotiated a really cheap contract. And I think the belief is there's not going to be a lot of guaranteed money there. So if he doesn't pan out, they can go ahead and move on and go with some of these young bucks. So I think 
Right now, Flanagan Fowles enters as four because of his experience with the 49ers uh, linebacker group, especially Warner and Green and uh, Greenlaw. And I think he'll battle Oren Burks early on. But I think as these young guys start to learn this 49ers defense and get comfortable with the footwork, uh, with what's expected of them in the defense and just shedding blocks and how Coach Hollins handles things, I think Demetrius Flanagan Fowles will get less and less reps. And part of the reason I believe that my number five linebacker on the list is an undrafted free agent like Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, but Marcelino Mercari Ball. I went through a full year being with the 49ers organization, showed some promise during training camp and preseason, and now has been taking reps at Mike Linebacker during OTAs and minicamp. Why is that significant? Because with Aziz Alshire moving on to the Tennessee Titans, the 49ers were really with a void as somebody that could play Mike Linebacker. On this roster right now of linebackers, Drake Greenlaw doesn't normally switch to Mike. He can play Sam, he can play Will, but primarily he plays Will. So when Fred goes out, you're not going to put Drake Greenlaw in his position. And I'm talking if Fred was to get injured for whatever reason, hopefully that never happens. So the 49ers would have to have a capable backup. With McCrary Ball getting those reps, uh, him and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles are the most likely to be a backup Mike for Fred Warner, which means... Both of them have an opportunity to make this team. That makes it more difficult for other players who don't play Mike to get on this roster because the 49ers will likely want to keep one as a backup Mike linebacker. McCurry Ball having the versatility like Flanagan Fowles to play Sam or Will because of his skill set, the former safety in college and pretty good in coverage, including an interception last year in the preseason. Plus, Marcelino McCurry Ball has been working on his body Came in last year at training camp about 215 pounds and now will be closer to 230 pounds. Still has a safety coverage ability and runs sideline to sideline. He's a very exciting prospect for the 49ers. And I think because he's been playing for Coach Hollins through an entire season, including being on the 49ers practice squad, he's going to feel really comfortable with working within this defense and what's expected of him at the linebacker position. I think he will quickly pass Demetrius Flanagan Fowles throughout training camp. You'll see Fowles slowly drop because a guy like McCrary Ball has versatility to play the linebacker spots like him, has versatility to play special teams like him, but I think he'll also flash a little bit more than Flanagan Fowles as far as stopping the run because Flanagan Fowles, even though he improved last year and dropped some boom hits on some people, some of those woo hits like Ray Rose used to say, I think McCurry Ball is going to bring more of an instincts, and he's going to hit even harder than Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. I think the 49ers are excited about a young player like Marcelino McCurry Ball, and last year he was a priority free agent for them. They signed him to a new one-year deal after the season. Uh, there was no futures contract. It was a one-year deal. They're high on Marcelino McCurry Ball. Number six is going to be D. Winters. D. Winters drafted out of TCU for the 49ers in the sixth round. Runs a 4-4-9. Spectacular speed. You see the instincts. And I thought one of the most interesting things was listening to a different uh, front office and then coaching staff talk about D. Winters and the fact that Coach Holland said a lot of times on film it appeared D. Winters was blitzing. But when they went back over it with the coaching staff at TCU, those were not blitzes. Those were instinct plays. 
And when you have the kind of instincts that make you flash at that kind of level and get downhill and make tackles in the backfield or flash in front of a screen and make an interception and take it to the house, and you've played at the highest possible stage in the national championship game, you got to think the dude's got ice cold water in his veins and he can be an impact player for the 49ers. I think he comes in at six, even though his skill set says he should be four or five with Marcelino McCurry ball. And if Oren Burks wasn't one year ahead, we'd be talking about a real full-on competition for that Sam linebacker spot. I think D. Winters eventually slides nicely and comfortably into the Will linebacker spot behind Drake Greenlaw, where you see Marcelino McCurry ball kind of having the ability to slide to Mike linebacker. You have uh, a guy like D. Winters that fits that Will linebacker position. So if the 49ers were looking for linebackers for Mike, Will and Sam, these two guys definitely fit into the Mike and Will category where McCurry ball has the ability to play all three. I don't believe D winners is really made to play Mike linebacker, but he could play the two outside linebacker positions. Will, especially with the coverage and formerly being a safety, which we know is the 49ers MO for when they find linebackers to fit their system. And with Sam, it means he would be in there flashing using his natural instincts when you're in a base 4-3, your matchups are a little bit different. But I think Winters comes in. Right now, he's sitting at the sixth spot. But I think it's very realistic that he could move up rapidly with Demetrius Flanagan Fowles kind of falling down the list a little bit. And we'll see what happens when those reps increase. If those instincts flash during training camp, and then once we get into the preseason, you could see a big jump for him uh, because we saw that last year for Sam Womack. The instincts were there. He had interceptions during the preseason, and that catapulted him into a starting nickel role, even though it didn't work out in the long run. Uh, that's the kind of potential the 49ers are bringing in through these draft picks. Number seven, the seventh round pick, Jalen Graham out of Purdue. Graham, six foot three, over 235 pounds, a really nice athlete, decent speed at four six, and instincts are something that I really like. I watch him on film, and you see the instincts, the natural flow at which he plays linebacker. There's a lot of times he doesn't even get that contact from an offensive lineman because he's reading on the go. If you sit back and you wait, a lot of these line, a lot of these linemen can cut you off and get to you in these zone blocking schemes. But the way that Jalen Graham was flowing and getting downhill, he was able to get a lot across a lot of their faces and get to the hole and cut these plays off and make plays. I think he's an exciting prospect because he does have the ability to step in and play Sam if needed. The question mark is going to be how quickly is he going to acclimate to the 49er system? And then will he look faster on film? Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. 
With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Because he is the same size and speed as Fred Warner, really close. Yet when you watch Fred Warner on film, he looks faster than everyone because of his intelligence and his instincts take him to another level where he can anticipate and there's no wasted motion. He does everything right, gets downhill and makes plays. With Graham, you didn't always see that speed translate. Some people are just football fast. But as he learns the system, if his mind speeds up and his body's able to go with it, you can start to see him flow in that direction. I think that's why the 49ers were so high on him. Where D. Winters has the natural physical ability, Jalen Graham has the natural physical instincts to be able to do what you're excited about. The reason I have him and D. Winters coming in at 6-7 and seven, it's just that they need to learn the nuances of the defense and get comfortable and watching and learning some of the veterans that are going to be in front of them, finding in fouls or in Burks and even a one year guy like Marcelina McCurry ball is going to help their advancement. Now they learned a lot during mini camp and OCAs, and they're going to continue to learn during this break that they have. But once they get out there for training camp and the bullets start flying, that's when you really find out. It's all fun and games when you're in jerseys and shorts out there practicing. But now what happens when you're 11-on-11 11 11 scrimmage and you're trying to get downhill and Spencer Burford is up in your face or Aaron Banks or, heaven forbid, you run into a guy like Trent Williams. That's when we're going to find out who can shed, who can get to their appropriate place, and who doesn't get caught up. That's when we'll find out who these linebackers really are. It's all fun and games watching them play in college, and you can see the instincts and stuff like that. But when you get them in that situation against Kyle Shanahan's offense, that's when we'll find out who can think on the fly, who can grow quickly, and who can execute the techniques that Coach Hollins is teaching them. And I think that's when that growth will happen. And I believe both of these guys, young guys, growth potential is there. And if they uh, grow at the rate, I think they can pass guys like De- like Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and potentially put Flanagan Fowles in a position that he doesn't make this roster. And it also makes the 49ers think about keeping both of them uh, to go along with Marcelino McCurry Ball. Number eight in the last linebacker on the depth chart is Curtis Robinson. And this is what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Curtis Robinson made the 49ers 53-man roster last year. Now, of course, they made a nice little move where they told veterans like Tyler Croft, hey, we're going we're gonna to waive you, you or release you. Uh, you can't be picked up. You're a veteran. Just re-sign with us. We're going to put players onto um, the injured list, and they're going to be on uh, IR, and that's exactly what they did with Curtis Robinson. They put him on IR, and eventually they brought him back. Then they waved him and put him on the practice squad. I think Curtis Robinson is a nice talent. He's got nice size. He's got pretty good speed. He's a good special teams player. The problem is the 49ers have absolutely stockpiled their linebacker position with tremendous talent. All the guys that are ahead of him are ahead of him for a reason. Uh, It's not that Curtis Robinson in his third season can't compete with the guys up there. 
It's just that they right now have an upper hand on him. And the fact that their size and instincts have displayed uh, either through their college film or their game, other pro film. So far, we haven't been able to see Curtis Robinson beyond preseason. And I don't think it really has translated yet. So he might find himself on the outside looking in, potential practice squad player. The problem for him will be what happens if Demetrius Flanagan Fowles gets released. Flanagan Fowles gets released, the 49ers could try to bring him to the practice squad. So I think it's very interesting, the end of the roster battles as well, when you're talking about players like Curtis Robinson and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. I think the 49ers really do like these young players. And of course, injury to any one of the top three guys could definitely change out, change up the pecking order uh, for this depth chart going through the roster. And if you told me that you had, you know, D Winters, you had Marcelin McCurry ball four, D Winters five, you know, and, and, and Graham six, and then you put Flanagan foul seventh, I wouldn't argue with you. Just the coach in me knows that when you're coming in, you put those veteran guys ahead on the depth chart at first and then rapidly move those young guys through because initially you're just going through drills and easy stuff where you're getting an idea. And then as you see these new players develop, you slowly start to slot them into those other positions. So because of that element, that's how I put this together. It's not like a, I think these are how these guys are as far as talent. It's more so these are where they're slotted going into training camp. And that's why I said, hey, I think this is going to change. So uh, do I believe that it ends up being, you know, Marcelin McCarball, D winners and Jalen Graham, five, six and seven? No, I think that they're going to move up this list pretty rapidly. Uh, but it's we're going to find out because sometimes it doesn't always translate from college to the pros very fast. And I want to see who translates when I'm able to get out to training camp and watch these guys operate in the run game. So. Number one, Fred Warner. Uh, he's the number one linebacker in the league. That's no shock where he's out on the depth chart. Number two, great Dre Greenlaw. Top five linebacker in the league. Fits perfectly in the system and with Fred Warner. Number three, Oren Burks. Been taking all the starting reps at Sam Linebacker during OTAs and minicamp. I believe he is right now the leader in the clubhouse to be the Sam Linebacker. And for what I've seen on film last year, I believe he's going to be the Sam linebacker for 2023. Number four, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. The veteran experience, his ability to play Mike, Will, and Sam uh, make him a versatile weapon the 49ers can use. I think the 49ers not being willing to give him a, a restricted free agent contract offer. Uh, without that tender, I believe the 49ers don't value him as high as maybe they do a guy like Marcelin McCurry Ball, who's fifth on the list. Uh, but I put Flanagan Fowles there right now because of his veteran ability. But I think McCurry Ball passes him very quickly. With Marcelina McCurry Ball being number five, the one year under uh, the boots are uh, under the books. No, um, no future contract after the season, but an actual one-year deal. They like Marcelina McCurry Ball, giving him reps at Mike linebacker minicamp and OTAs. Make me think Marcelina McCurry Ball, somebody the four years would love to have on their fifty-three. Man, roster, if they can make it work. Number six, six-round pick, D. Winters. Athletic ability through the charts. We'll see what happens when he gets out on the field. Heard a mixed bag about OTAs and minicamp. Not worried about that right now. What I'm worried about is him learning the system and then being able to uh, put that to good use once we get into 11-on-11 drills at training camp and then those preseason games where he's going to get some really important reps. And we could see a fun 
defensive group. I hope they do it. McCrary ball with Winters and Graham, Mike, Sam, Will during preseason. I think it could give us an idea of a young future for the 49ers linebacker group. Number seven, Jalen Graham, the seventh round pick. Like his size, speed, and instincts, I think they are all on display, and we'll see. He fits naturally in that Sam linebacker spot. I think the 49ers would like to see him play there, and I think that's why he comes in at seven. But like I said, McCurry Ball, Winters, Graham could all move up this depth chart pretty quickly. If they are learning fast, they can jump Flanagan fouls. Number eight, Curtis Robinson. Yes, you made the 53-man roster last year, and he's a good special teams player, but the 49ers stacked talent ahead of him. So we'll see. Could the 49ers end up trading one of these linebackers before the end of training camp? I think that's a possibility. We've seen them do that in the past. And with 49ers defensive coordinators, former form, former defensive coordinators around the league, we could see one of these guys get shipped uh, to another team and potentially get a late round pick. And why not? These guys are tremendously talented. And that would you know ensure that another team doesn't lose out on the opportunity to get one of these players if they were claimed by another team. So I think overall, this is the depth chart for the San Francisco 49ers linebackers heading into training camp. I think as we go through, I will definitely update everyone while I'm out at training camp, hey, how these young guys are progressing and moving up. I think they're going to move up pretty good and pretty quickly. And I think it's going to be fun to watch when we get into those preseason games, how these guys are playing. So you can really take a look watch them in late in these games and see how exciting each one of these guys are for sure. I, I want to thank you all for watching this episode about the linebacker depth. We'll be doing more episodes about some of the depth on the 40 yards football team. And I've done some previously. You can go back and watch me talk about other positions, including wide receiver um, and defensive end. Uh, so go back, check those out. I did a cornerback one as well, and there's going to be more coming your way. Uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on the push for 4K. Over on Patreon, you can see the Ant Hill Show here. It's over on Patreon, full episodes every week. And then also a special bonus episode about Debo Samuel. And uh, You're not going to want to miss that. There's also full episodes of Slightly Offside where me and Horace get into offensive and defensive line and other topics, but those ones are available right now. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I'll catch you guys on the next one. But until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.